On today's edition of the show, we're going to discuss whether we have an issue with the Florida Panthers touching the Prince of Wales trophy after clinching their spot in the Stanley Cup final. Bill Zito has been named a finalist for a specific award. And how clutch was Matthew Kachuk in the conference final? He is in some elite company when it comes to NHL postseason history. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, May 26th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day thank you for making the locked on florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day i'm armando velez and you can follow me on twitter at monoman 12 follow the show account on twitter at lo underscore fla panthers and on instagram as well at lo underscore fla panthers and shout out to the everydayers where whether you have been here from the start last month 30 days ago or just listening to the first for the first time to Locked on Panthers and shout out to all you guys for coming back here and getting your daily Florida Panthers fix. So before we start today's show, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping. And, you know, like I said, when it comes to everydayers and coming back here, a little bit of an opportunity to reintroduce myself. As Jay-Z says in one of his songs, allow me to reintroduce myself. Uh, been working in sports media for the last 11 years. Uh Started uh, started right out of high school working in golf media for the last eight years uh, from 2012 all the way to 2020. And then, of course, with NBC Universal relocating out of the city of Orlando to Connecticut, I had an opportunity to transition my work from golf to hockey. And boy, has it been great to start covering the Florida Panthers, a team that I grew up uh, more like in my late teens, uh, cheering for, started cheering for this team in 2012. And the reason why I started becoming a fan was because when they broke their drought, their 12-year playoff drought from 2000 to 2012 of not making the postseason. And uh, South Florida native as well from West Kendall. Shout out to everybody specifically from the hammocks. If you are from that area, shout out to you guys and grateful to be coming to you guys each and every day to talk about the state of the Florida Panthers. But it is Friday, so that means it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick Fairbanks is back, and we this is a our first official, if you don't count the post-game show from yesterday, our first official Stanley Cup final edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, welcome back to Fairbanks Friday. Great to have you here, my friend. Thanks for having me back on, and I couldn't pick a better day to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh no, no doubt, my friend. I, I want to get your opinions on the on the Panthers uh, finding a way to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes, and also ask you the question: um, Do you have an issue with the Florida Panthers touching the Prince of Wales Trophy? I do not. Um, I think that's one trophy that. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you touch it or not. I think the last team that decided not to touch it was Tampa Bay, and they lost. 
Okay. So every team after that, you know, whether it was Tampa again or um, Pittsburgh, you know, those teams, it didn't matter. It, it really didn't. It didn't really affect the outcome. But what I really liked about the Panthers and what they did, you got to see how close that team was, you know, all hugging each other the way they were and just touching the, the trophy itself. I don't get that feeling from a lot of teams, you know, you, you know, they're just athletes. They're just there because, you know, they have to and everything. And I just feel like everybody in the locker room likes them, likes each other. And they all pulled rope during this postseason and they've already gotten one trophy. They're not done yet. They have four more to go. They'll bring home the big prize after that. Yeah. And uh, this question, this question I ask you is because I had someone comment on the, on yesterday's uh, edition of the show and asking if I had a problem with it. And I said, no, I said, I kept, and I kept it a lot simpler. It's not the Stanley cup. That, that's why I don't have an issue with it. And one thing that Palmer said earlier in the postseason run is if you're not, if you, if you're just consistently business as usual and, and not smiling throughout the process, then why are you even here in the first place? So I think the fact that they're able to carry the trophy to the locker room and, and celebrate a, a, a little bit, and, and especially with the lack of expectations that this team had, all the, all the injuries that they went through the, through the first 60-plus games of the season, especially mm-hmm. before they were even able to activate Anthony Duclair uh, um, off LTIR as well, and, 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 and the, the Panthers and their and having a tough time fitting into the system as far as wins coming together. And the fact that they grew, they grew together. They went through, they went through the thick of the mud too. Why? I I don't see a reason. I don't have, I I don't see a reason for them to, to not touch it. And it's, and once again, it's not the Stanley cup. So that's why I don't have an, an, an issue with that, but on, on, on the, but as far as the series, uh, Nick, uh, one thing that I didn't really discuss uh, yesterday was uh, when um, post-game pressers, one of them was Rod <laughs> Brindamore on the other side. Rod Brindamore yes. was talking about how the Carolina Hurricanes didn't feel, paraphrasing here, they didn't feel like that they're destroyed in the series. He was on the ice. Every game was close. And then this is where it gets interesting. Steve Dangle tweeted saying, but if this was the Leafs, everybody would be attacking them for it. Number one, he's not wrong. Steve yes. Dangle is. And number two, I agree with Rod Brindamore. Uh, Listen, it was a very tough series. Very tough series. I mean, games one and two could have gone either way. Thankfully, uh, the Panthers they were able to outpace the Carolina Hurricanes and get their get their uh, legs going more. That that has caused them to get the two overtime winners. And who knows? Uh, momentum is real in sports. I know Palmer doesn't necessarily believe in it, um, but you, you talk about that game one and how how draining it must be for the Carolina hurricane side of things as well. And, and you could flip a coin and this was the, the, a a sweep that you really had to grind. So I don't have an Mm -hmm. issue with his comments there. No, I just think the way that he probably phrased them was probably not the best um, because he just said, we, he kept saying we didn't get swept. We didn't get swept. And he kind of just kept talking after that. Um, Now, if you would have said it doesn't feel like we got swept, even though we did, we were in every game. We only lost by a goal in each game. Um, I definitely 100% agree with that. Um, Carolina didn't play terribly at all. Um, they were just on the unfortunate end of not getting bounces. I mean, it looked like they were getting bounces in the fourth game, but Florida had more bounces. And, um, you know, Bob was making more saves than Anderson. So 
Um, you still got swept, Brad. But yes, it was a close series, even though everything went Florida's way. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I mean, also with the fact that the Florida Panthers penalty kill in, in the in the series was outstanding. Outstanding, twelve of fourteen. The only ones that, that? They, that they they the only ones they gave up were in game one, where yep. Bob didn't give up an an. an a, a, shot, a goal at even strength 55 of 55 at even strength there and and when when one part of the panthers game wasn't going well necessarily if, um one another part of their game was and <laughs> to think that the florida panthers in the first round of, against the boston bruins their pk was at 59 percent. so what a turnaround that this uh panthers <laughs> uh special teams was and here's also an interesting stat for the for the panthers and uh being in a playoff spot the amount of days that the Panthers spent in a playoff spot in the season was 28% of the season. So <laughs> you just got to get in. That It's the ultimate just get in sport. And we talked about, we harped on it so many times. And honestly, Nick, the amount of times that we harped on it prior to the postseason starting, I, I felt like we were just beating the dead horse too much, but now that it's manifested, uh, I, I don't feel too bad about beating that dead horse uh, when it comes to uh, the Panthers getting in and not your typical ace seed. No, um, you know, we could continue to beat that horse uh, because I think hockey um, and to a lesser extent, baseball are the only sports that I think that there's some parity when it comes to playoffs and that once you get in, it's anybody's ball game. Um, you know, we talked about during the Boston series that, yeah, they had the best regular season ever. But what does that mean? What does that mean when postseason starts, when everybody's back to zero? It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you qualified to be one of eight teams in this conference to move on. You're not promised anything after that. And, you know, Florida took it to them. And, you know, here we are. So, um some of the stats that you threw out are, are actually pretty amazing. So um, the last time I've heard 28% and the Florida Panthers being mentioned in the same sentence was when Pavel Bure was um, his first full season with the Panthers. His goal scoring, like all the goals that he scored, was 28% of Panthers' total goals that season, which is ridiculous. So, ridiculous. Yeah, that's the first thing that came up. And then after that, I mean – we just got to keep manifesting. I mean, like, I'm very happy right now with winning uh, the East. But as soon as that happened last night and they took the trophy back in the uh, locker room, I was done, to be honest. And um, I think it's time to put our eyes on a bigger prize. I, I like that. And and it's actually a topic that we're going to get ahead in segment three. But, but before that, we're going to, of course, uh, transition to segment number two where we're going to discuss more about uh, Bill Zito being a, a finalist for a certain award. We're going to, and we're going to really dig deeper into Matthew Kachuk and, and really ask the question, how clutch was he actually in, in round, in round, uh, in the Eastern conference final, we are going to discuss that next here on the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. But first we're going to tell you all about bird dogs and i feel better when wearing bird dogs and the bird dogs is something that you could take for a swim on the golf course to the beach you can and and that's where i feel comfortable with bird dogs burt kreischer smokes a cigar 
is on the barbecue and he's wearing his signature shorts, Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL and you'll get a free Yeti-style cooler with your order. Once again, that is birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL to get a free Yeti-style cooler when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And and once again, here on a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show with my with my good friend Nick Fairbanks here. And Nick, we didn't really, David and uh, Lasseter and I did not really discuss this on, on the show uh, yesterday mm-hmm. because our focus was solely on the Panthers winning game four. But prior to game four, Bill Zito was nominated for the Jim Gregory Award, which is for GM of the year. And this is his second time in three seasons that he's been nominated for this award. Thing is, for this award, uh, and might have a few questions uh, going into this about why is he nominated or why is he not. This award specifically is voted after the second round uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's the big difference. And, you know, for... For those listeners who are new and just getting into the sport and also listening to this podcast, let me recap to you guys what happened in the trade deadline. Nothing. L- literally nothing for, for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And why? Up against the cap. L- lack the assets. They don't have a first-round pick until 2026. And really, on, on, the, on the cut line with being in the postseason versus not. And they were not in a position to tank. You can't tank next year. You can't tank the next uh, year after. <laughs> so, but the logic here is as well, the Florida Panthers getting here. And sometimes the logic can be sometimes the best move you can make is not making one. And that I, it'll, it'll never, it'll, I'll never, for once again, I'll never forget his, his opening statement in, after the trade deadline in his press conference, not giving up on the, on the team, not giving up on the fans, but I felt like he should have won this award a few years ago. Uh, in all honesty, I, I think it was, a, a 2021, uh, when he made the acquisition of Sam Bennett, Brandon Montour in the same, uh, uh, trade deadline. I, I thought he should have won it, uh, then because the Panthers, they overachieved, uh, that year. Remember in the, tw- in the 56 game season, we thought that they were, I thought they were going to be a bubble team. And, and mm-hmm. they ended up being second place in that, in, in the central division before losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning in six. But what says you about Bill Zito and his uh, um, being a finalist for the Jim Gregory Award for GM of the Year? It's deserved and it's deserved both times he's been nominated. Um, I think in 2021, he got his hands on this team as really trying to restructure, re kind of understand like what this team is going to be going forward and also give them some flexibility on what they can be, um, either moving out contracts or getting younger guys with term um, so that he doesn't have to worry about negotiating new contracts and everything. So, I mean, he got Carter for Hagee, right? Um, you know, you said Montour and um, Sam Bennett. Oh, my God. Let, don't say Sam Bennett in Toronto right now um, or Carolina and Raleigh, but he has definitely deserved the last two years. And you said it correctly. The best move that he made this season 
was not to make one. Um, but he made a pretty big one uh, at the start of last season during the offseason in acquiring Matthew to Chuck. So um, you don't see GMs go out there and actually try to alter their team or shake it up like they do with a massive trade that he pulled off. Um, you know, sending out a fan favorite in Jonathan Huberto, a first-round pick, a top prospect in Uyghur for just Matthew Chuck and probably a fourth-round draft pick, that, that's franchise-altering, and we've seen it now. And then secondly, to go the complete opposite way, no, we like our guys. Uh, we're not going to do anything. Uh, we believe in this team, and that's the big thing. And I think that's the biggest thing that we should also take away from that press conference is that we believe in these guys. We believe in the team. They went on a run after that, and, you know, look where they're at now. Um, I think everybody's bought in. Everybody's believing, and it's from top down in the organization. So it's, it's really nice to see everybody doing their part and all on the same page. Yeah, and and – you know, and and the fact and once that trade deadline happened, of course, the very first game was the the Panthers. I, I'll never forget that first game after the trade deadline. It was welcoming in the Pittsburgh Penguins to town, and then they got healthy at the right time uh, too. With because right before that, Sam Bennett and Alexander Barkov were missing from the lineup. They were having Eric Stahl being on that second line too. Um, I I remember being at that Tampa Bay game and uh, and and. It was a 4-1 victory. The Panthers get their goals, uh, uh, three of them in the first period. There's also one disallowed there right prior to that, and then they go ahead and destroy uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins on that Saturday. But even the day prior, they lose to Nashville. In in the span of a few weeks, they lose twice uh, to Nashville, who sold a lot during the trade deadline. So we were all confused as well about (laughs) where where, where that team was. And and now, now of course, that six-game winning streak, towards the end helped and even the six game winning streak prior to the four game losing streak too uh helped uh put the put the panthers where where they are but also uh really i also want to discuss really about the panthers and the the what when it comes to matthew kachuk and his uh conference final performance uh every single game winning goal matthew kachuk was involved in First, mm-hmm. first one in game one, 12 seconds in um, left in quadruple overtime. He scores. He scores the game winner off the off the turnover. Uh, game game uh, game two, less than two minutes in, he he scores. Game three, he's he's the one that sets up Sam Reinhart on the power play, gets the primary assist to mm-hmm. beat um, Carolina one nothing, and then of course, uh, four four point nine seconds uh, left um, on 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 the power play to clinch their spot in in the Stanley Cup final. Do you know? Do you know what was the last time a player had three game-winning goals in a conference final? Nick, do you want to take a guess? Mm. I'm gonna probably have to go with. Um, I don't know the. I'm gonna say the team that I think it is. I, I'm probably not gonna know the player, um, but I have to think that it's probably somebody from either the New Jersey Devils or uh, the LA Kings. That's what I think. Sid the Kid, 2016, Eastern Conference okay. Final. Respect, respect. So 20, 2016 and in, in their route to the Stanley Cup Final uh, where, where they beat the San Jose Sharks that year. And mm-hmm. the company that Matthew Kachuk is in with those three with those three game-winning goals and just I heard that stat today. I'm like, wow, that's incredible um, for, for what Matthew Kachuk has done. And uh, also uh, one cool thing about 
last night last night is uh keith kachuk also took a picture with the fans over at section 103 who had the mouth who brought their mouth guards and had them fish hooked uh <laughs> there so that's a that was a really cool feature and also uh keith kachuk about how animated he was and of course we knew how animated he was uh prior to even the toronto game in the regular mm-hmm. season but matthew kachuk just great company that he's in but I know, I know, I know. In my opinion, Bob is still the favorite to mm-hmm. win the consmite if the Florida Panthers do win the cup. Of course, 160 mm-hmm. of 174 on, on the series. And, but how, how much of a case does Matthew Kachuk have with how he's performed in this series? Yeah, he didn't have any goals in the second round series against Toronto, but he was an ad, he was consistently an agitator, taking away the Toronto Maple Leafs' best players. And of course, we, of course, putting the putting it all on display in the conference final how much more how much of a case does Matthew Kachuk have so I liken this as a goalie tandem so you have Bobrovsky as 1a right now and then you have um sorry not Keith Matthew Kachuk I can't even say his name now as 1b Uh, the reason being is that both players have put the Panthers on their back and carried them to where they are now they would not be where they are without one without the other um, Matthew Tuchuk would not have the uh, chance to score game-winning goals if Bob hasn't played the way he has. And Tuchuk getting them through the first series against Boston and basically saying, like, we're going to be back here for seven, that, that's guts. And, you know, he is the team leader right now. He's like the heart and soul, and he's proving it. He's proving it in the locker room. He's proving it on the ice. But to me, Bob by far is the reason why Florida is where they are. And nobody saw this coming at all. I mean, everybody thought Bob was dead, to be honest. Like they didn't think he was a, you know, a first rate goalie anymore. Like he was on the back half of his career. And to see him do this, uh, something that we haven't seen in 20 years since Jagir, this might be better than that. And if it, the only way that it will be better than his run is if they do this, for those not watching on the YouTube, uh, I'm going to describe the motion that Nick Fairbanks just did, the, <laughs> the lifting of the cup. And Nick, on my Spotify the other day, the song from the commercial, Kiss Me, came up. And I'm like, no, I cannot hear this song the same. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, yep. That commercial is just played so many times that it's just like, I, I got to I gotta chillax when it comes to hearing that song. <laughs> Maybe if it does actually happen, I won't care anymore from listening to that song. But for now, I'm not. I'm giving that song a rest because of how many times I hear that on on the, on the television when watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. But we're going to transition to segment number three, where we're going to talk about players and short memories, or even long memories, even. And we're going to talk about the possibility of the when the Stanley Cup final could begin. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On. Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel. And make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Segment number three here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick Fairbanks is here for another edition of the show. And going to start off with the Stanley Cup final and the possibility of when it'll start. There was a tweet by John Butchergrass uh, about what he was hearing about the schedule and said that if Vegas and Dallas goes more than five games and just to give everyone a a sense of when we're recording this right now puck drop hasn't happened um at the time of recording between vegas and and dallas so we don't know the result yet so we will you'll you guys will know by the time this drops so if it goes more than five games game one of the stanley cup final will begin on june 3rd in Mm -hmm. vegas so that's a saturday if it ends five and honestly I want the Stanley Cup final to start earlier. So mm-hmm. hopefully Dallas can string out a, w- a win tonight and, you know, get an extra game out of Vegas if, 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 if they so happen to win. That's just my – so – but if it ends five or less, game one will be next Wednesday, May 31st in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, so – but also uh, the Panthers, they're going to they're gonna have a week off again and we saw how it didn't affect them this time around they still played very sharp and a lot of credit goes to Sergey Bobrovsky once again got a, mm. a, a three-week break before he started a game again when when coming in for Alex line he's getting his rest too and performing well this guy is gonna is just so locked in and also mm-hmm. short memories too he has a short memory when it comes to when he when he's not performing at his best and also outside of Sergei Bobrovsky you know who's the one player that I could appreciate when it comes to short memory on the team when it comes to when it comes to moving on from winning the east um, the eastern conference it's Sam Reinhart mm-hmm. that's yeah. the that's the, as far as even killed as far as the skaters Sam Reinhart is another example for that and and I can understand why the, the career that Sam Reinhart had, had had prior to this with being the second overall pick right behind Aaron Eckblad being in a very difficult um, situation in, in Buffalo with, with not making the postseason, And then of course, when he did have his best season without Jack Eichel, it still wasn't resulting in wins and playoff appearances. So this is, this is a part of the, of his career where he's just hungry. He's hungry to win. He is, uh, he is taking this very seriously, of course, as all players should. But mm-hmm. I could really appreciate him and his, and him being even keeled in this in this situation. Even though you're less than when he spoke to the media, it was not even 12 hours after the fact that they won the Prince of Wales Trophy. So there's a couple things that are going on there, and I, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up and that he was able to talk about this today. Since game. I want to say five of the first round. Paul Murray said that there's some freeing aspect of, you know, playing in elimination games because you know what, you can just go out and play your game and, you know, hopefully you'll get the better result. And they did. But then that really loosened the whole team up for this whole run. I mean, there's, yeah, like you never, there's never been one point that I thought they were going to lose games or that they weren't going to come back. Um, You know, yeah, we gave Toronto one. Okay, but 
now to go into a series with Carolina, which, you know, I think you and I predicted it was going to go six or seven. And they're much more of a, um, they were just a better team and we were going to have a lot more struggles with them. Uh, you know, we unfortunately didn't cause I wanted to go seven. That would have been epic, but, um, it's done. Everything's done and over your main goal right now is to get four more wins and lift the cup. This is what everything is. Um, this is, this is what everything is amounted to play free, take it one game at a time, take it one day at a time, even if you're not playing, but, just get your rest, get your recuperation, get your practice in. And then once the Stanley Cup, you know, starts, it's on. And, you know, if it's going to be Vegas, there's going to be Dallas. It's going to be a tough series um, either way. So I like their mentality going in and you have to have a short memory. And they've been playing with that since game five of the first round. And just like they've been playing playoffs since January. Just keep doing what you're doing, and you'll find success. Yeah, and and the fact that the Panthers really even even in their four game losing streak uh, in 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 March uh, that they were that they were able to just um, not not keep themselves down after that, and still and still able to rebound from it, and still just never never throw in the towel there. And I want to go back, continue the conversation about memories and moving on and all that stuff. And Jonathan Marcheseau of the Vegas Golden Knights was asked about, of course, <laughs> everything that happened with the expansion draft and Dale Talon and, and, and all. And this was a, this was a screenshot that Dave Lasseter put in our chat saying Marcheseau quote, Marcheseau was convinced at the time that he would be protected by Florida, but in addition to seeking cost savings on Smith contract. The Panthers also wanted to protect defenseman Alex Petrovich, Mark Pissick, and Mark Pissick from the expansion draft. Justified at the same time, you win championships with defense first. Close quote. And Dale Talon's somewhat right in the defensive front of it, but how many times were fans complaining about Alex Petrovich when he was in, with the Florida Panthers? And before the before the expansion draft of the Seattle one, I asked you and Jacob to, if you guys remembered all the names of <laughs> the the guys from the Vegas expansion draft who were on the protected list. And I remember you said, don't do this, Armando. So I'm not going to ask you to guess this time around. So if, for a reminder of people who have uh, who uh, of the protection list, Alexander Bargoff, Jonathan Huberto, Vincent Trocek, Mark Pissick, uh, Alec Petrovich, James Reimer, Aaron Eckblad and Nick Bugstad. Crazy enough, uh, only two people, only two players remain from that. Of course, uh, Trocek was traded for Etulisteranen. Uh, thanks, Dale. Um, yeah. Nick Bugstad was traded to, for Catchbase to create the signing for Sergey Bobrovsky as well. Yep. James Reimer was traded for Scott Darling, who was eventually bought out as far as signing Sergey Bobrovsky as well. Mm -hmm. So all that to for just a year <laughs> later, this Florida Panthers team turned so many different things around this was even before the 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 gm cha change and of course yeah marcheso was on the vegas golden right nights um and of course he he was very animated in that one series where the vegas golden knights had a five minute major against san jose and they give up i believe it was four goals on that five minute major yes. in a game seven and he was very I, i'll never forget how marcheso was animated uh there but of course uh don't give up four goals also on a on a 
five-minute major. That's a lot to give up, even in five minutes. Um, even though the cross-check to the head, head was very uh, questionable to begin with. Yes. But listen, it, it worked out for both teams um, here. Um, it took a while for the Panthers. Um, yeah. Took a GM change. And it took a lot of turnover, too. I mean, Dale Talon, regardless, and once in a while when I go to games in the press box, I will see Dale Talon there. Um, yep. And he still has a very good fingerprint on, on this team, regardless of everything that we've had to say negatively about him and how he managed the cap as well. Of course, uh, Keith Yandel's, uh, Keith Yandel was, uh, all, not, not to mention Keith Yandel was also on that, uh, on that, uh, protection Protective. list as well with mm-hmm. the no movement clause as well. We didn't, we didn't, we, of course we don't like that contract as well. Um, <laughs> with, that him and Tom Roa, um, got for from the new york rangers but yep also he still has a big fingerprint on how this panthers team got to where they were so i'm not i don't hold any grudges against dale talon at, at all if, if anything i'm thankful for the building blocks that he put and this isn't the first time that he's done it as far as mm-hmm. a team reaching to a certain point i mean it happened in chicago he was yep. he was not part of those three championships for the Chicago Blackhawks, but he was part of building the building the Correct. foundation to where those Blackhawk teams got to for winning the cup. Definitely, and I'll I'll go back to the expansion draft because there's a couple of storylines that I don't know if a lot of people were really aware of. So, number one, um, the Panthers and Jonathan Marchessault during that terrible season with Tom Rowe as GM and as coach, um, terrible decision by the way, for that as well. Yep. Um, Marcheseau wanted $5 million for like five years. Ownership didn't want to give him that. So I think the idea of him saying that he was going to be protected, Panthers weren't going to pay him. So they just, they let him go. Um, and there was also internal issues uh, with Riley Smith um, with his conduct. And if there, if anything that kind of kind of goes against what he tries to say about how bad Florida is. He he does not really have kind things to say, you know, about I wouldn't say the fan base, but that we don't really show up and that Florida is really not like a good place to play hockey. And my thing is, is that, you know, he played very well here. Um, he had a lot of really, you know, um, you know, uh, jaw dropping goals that he had. I mean, he was you know, one of the first ones that I've seen that would take the puck between his legs and, you know, put it in the back of the net. Um, that's like his signature, like to Chuck, but there were more than one, you know, thing like Dale had to kind of clean up after Roe and Dale probably didn't want some of the guys that uh, Roe brought in. He wanted to be tougher. He wanted to be bigger. And it took a while. It, it, it took four or five years for the Panthers to get over this, but look where we are now. And um, we're reaping the benefits of, you know, a hot goalie. Um, some of the framework that Dale still has. And one thing that I know, I don't know if I mentioned it here, but Dale is the reason why Florida is even still on the map. He was able to bring in some Blackhawk players that were part of that first championship and brought them in. Yep. And started that identity. Like Florida didn't have anything. Um, Their superstars were homegrown, but then they all left. And now you have guys that actually can play hard, gritty hockey when it matters and he just started making this a haven for players to come play or re uh re uh, re-energize their careers and i think a lot of people started gravitating towards that and you know it's always been exciting since that happened 
Um, you know, did he make some bad decisions? Of course, but you know, there's more in the, um, in the lines of things of what was going on there. I mean, like I said, contract with March. So the negotiations wasn't going well. Riley Smith was having some internal problems, um, you know, outside of the team and also inside the team. And then, you know, maybe Petrovic, I, I call him Petrovic because yeah, I, he, he messed me up on that one. Um, I know he changed it because of his great grand or his grandfather, but he's always been Petrovic to me. He maybe only had one or two games that were, really good with the Panthers and one of them was a playoff game. But other than that, I'm surprised he's still around right now. He just was not serviceable, um, unfortunately. And, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, but it's how we rebound from them is what matters. That is ultimately, ultimately uh, what matters when, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, that. And of course, uh, Pissick was, uh, was of course the hybrid. <laughs> he played both forward and defenseman when needed. So the, of course, his versatility is a reason why he was uh, protected as well. So yep. a, a big opportunity for, for uh, Pissick to, to make a more impact uh, on this team. But, and, and, and the Panthers, Dave, uh, we, we questioned whether they were ever going to, to recover from this. And, mm-hmm. and they certainly have, it took a while and it took three coaches in, in between as well. Yes. Between all that in Bugner, Quenville, well, Brunette, of course, with circumstances as well, of course, yeah. with, with everything in between and, and, and look where they are now in the Stanley cup final. And boy, can I, I cannot wait till game one, whenever that may be, but yep. Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me once again on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. And next next friday when when you come on we will be preparing for maybe a game one on june 3rd or a game two uh heading into heading heading into uh next next friday's show so tell everybody where they can follow you online armando um as always thank you for having me on all season especially on fridays uh they've been great uh more wins and losses and you know we've had a lot of drama this season so i'm just glad we are where we are I do want to leave everybody with this one point before I tell everybody where they can find me is that um, a lot of Toronto, Boston, and now Carolina fans are not happy with Florida moving on. And they think that just because Chicago beat Pittsburgh is the reason why Florida's in. You could say that about any game during the season that Pittsburgh lost. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not just that last game. Pittsburgh was not consistent at all. They weren't healthy most of the time. And unfortunately, they just could not get it together. So, you know, to Steve Dangle, to uh, Boston Bruin fans, and now the Carolina fans, like Florida is where they are because they deserve to be and they earned it. Okay. Don't take anything away from these guys just because your team's failed to show up, number one. And number two, because you're going to blame the Pittsburgh Penguins for losing a game to the Chicago Blackhawks when. Didn't Florida destroy them after the trade deadline? So maybe that was the game that really put Florida in the playoffs instead of the one against Chicago. So I just wanted to give that um, because I'm tired of seeing it and I'm tired of people just bringing their teams into it saying, oh, we would have gone farther or whatever. But no, Florida deserves to be where they are. And um, if you guys like what I just said, you can follow me on Twitter at Prudential Zero.
So thank you again for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop right there. Yeah. Great, great ending to, to this Fairbanks Friday. So Nick, thank you so much once again, and I will see you next week, my friend. See you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for the everydayers, make sure to come back on Monday's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where we might know an opponent uh, by the time Monday hits, we, and we could know more about the Stanley Cup uh, final schedule and we could be having once again a special guest on this show to talk more about the Florida Panthers playoff run. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks and you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Oh.